This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So we're in the third week of our new competition, One in 100. Uh, Dave Berry has locked a number between 1 and 100 in our studio safe uh, to unlock the £1,000 prize. All you've got to do is guess the number each morning on The Breakfast Show. And we are under kind of strict instructions here uh, in Absolute Radio at One Golden Square to nowhere, don't go anywhere near the safe, don't touch the safe. And it's, and it's here in the corner of the studio uh, on a high stool. Uh, it's kind of one of those safes that uh, looks like a safe that you get uh, in a cupboard on, ho- on holiday, that kind of thing. But do you know what? No one knows the code to get into it. Obviously inside is the envelope with the number that's between 1 and 100. No one knows the code up until now. Because I've got my sources here at this radio station and I'm pretty sure I've managed to crack the code to get into the safe. And I'm thinking, you know, workplace practical jokes, they're kind of a thing of the past. I feel like working from home's killed that a little bit. You ain't going to prank yourself. And, you know, when was the last time, think about it, in your workplace there was a good practical joke? I remember back in the day when I used to work at a radio station in Bristol, our traffic guy, Sam, got in early in the morning, and this will date it, he removed all of the balls from all of the mouses from all the computers in the entire building. Game's gone. He had to go back around and hand them back at the end. Quite a climb down for him, really. So I want to bring those days back. Here's the question, unusual question, I admit, but this is how we're starting the show tonight. What thing could I fill Dave Berry safe with as a practical joke? Imagine their little faces when one of you slot finally gets off your backside and guesses that number for £1,000. They open it up and then it's full of something that we collectively have put in there using our imaginations. Uh, Lawrence has tweeted to say a kipper. That's quite hardcore. Chris says granddad. Now, what a surprise that would be. Waiting for him to pop up again. Lynn Parsons, a colleague here uh, at this radio station uh, from Magic, uh, a radio legend. Uh, She says my teeth, which is one of the weirdest tweets I've ever had in my entire life. Thanks for that, Lynn. You right there, Lynn? Uh, Roy says peanuts or glitter. Both are a real pain to clear out. Michelle in Swindon says, how about filling the the safe with golf balls? Or maybe some Rice Krispies like that. Uh, Tom says, Dave Berry safe. How about uh, a stuffed seagull looking like he's about to fly out at you? Interesting imagination there. Someone says, definitely fill the safe with bread sauce, thick enough so that it won't leak and give it away. They've even thought about how long it's going to be in there for. I like that. Uh, we've got Amy on the phone. Amy, what should we put in the safe then? It's a pig snout. You think I should put a pig snout in Dave Berry's safe. Why, why, yeah. should, I do, why should I do that? Because <laughs> when I was a child, my, um, my parents had a friend who was a, fam- a be- butcher, basically, and what they did was I kept asking for bacon burgers constantly because they're my favourite thing. Right. So he said, oh, I'll get you something really, really nice for Christmas. And so I got a present, put it under the tree. It stayed there for about three weeks. And then when I opened it up on Christmas Day, it was just rotten and it was a pig snout and it was just the worst thing on oh. this earth. My parents knew what it was and thought it was hilarious. That is like, that'll scar you for the rest of your life. It that, has. Wouldn't it, it do you know what I mean? Done. It has done. Has it ruined your love of, um, of bacon burgers? I have not eaten a bacon burger since. I eat burgers, just not actual bacon burgers because I now know what's in them. Because everyone, everyone listening to this now knows that, you know, the running into the lounge in your pyjamas Christmas morning thing. I can't imagine any of them have, have opened up a rotting pig snout. No, it is it is a family um, a family story that gets told many a time. Do you st- are you still in touch with Pig Snout Guy? I am. Yeah, he's on my Facebook. Bless him. Is he? I bet he is. Uh, right. Well, yeah. um, so that you just think I can get that. I'll go into a butcher's, get a pig snout, stick it in the safe. Yeah, just for a laugh, or pig snout and two tr- uh, two trotters, maybe. Send a message. Know what you mean? Yeah. Good to speak to you. Take care. That's brilliant. 
Okay, take care. We've got Dave on the line now. What are you saying, Dave? Well, I think you should get loads of envelopes that look identical to the one that's already in, so when they do eventually open it, they'll not know which envelope to actually open. Oh, imagine Dyson's little panicking face. Just literally a oh, sea yeah. of envelopes pile out and they could have all had the different number in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you reckon that would mess with his mind? Definitely, yeah. I mean, they'll be there hours trying to find the number. I like you, Dave. You've got a dark streak here, and that's the kind of thing we encourage on this radio show. Cheers, mate. There's been a few people texting saying, Bush, you haven't got the code. What are you talking about? I have got the code, mate. And just to prove it, let's do a live bit of uh, safe cracking for you right now. I've uh, got the safe on the, uh, the desk here in Studio One. Let's put in these numbers. And then enter. I'm in. Listen to that. And there it is. So the big question is for you, Slot. Uh, what can I... Oh, it's locked again. Oh, dear. Uh, what can I put in this safe as a practical joke to uh, surprise and harass the Dave Berry Breakfast Show? Anything goes. We've got Jay on the line. Jay, what should I put in there, then? Old school stink bomb or fart spray. Bro, I remember, I remember me and my brother, Simon, uh, dropped one of those, the, the stink bomb, that was in a little glass vial That's in the, the boots in Western Supermare around about <laughs> 1984, and it cleaned the place out. That's outstanding. That's that's good effort. I mean, yeah. How so? How will it work? Because obviously they come in a little glass vial that you normally would throw on the floor. Obviously, I need that's got to be in there. We don't know when someone's going to guess the number on one in one hundred, do we? So how how are we well, working this? Maybe some sort of mouse trap. But as soon as they open the door, the mouse trap then smashes the vial, and that's how it comes. I mean, it, it'll get me sacked, but what a way to go. What a way to go out, well, hey? All the glass in there. Yeah, I mean, nine eighty four, no health and safety. Uh, safety. Yeah. Uh, 2023, yeah, glass in there. Wouldn't go um, down well. So that's what I thought about the fart spray. Just spray it in the uh, safe. Brilliant. OK, cool. So we've got some good joke shop, uh, um, uh, old school... 1980s joke shop, yeah. 1980s joke... Put some... Um, while we're at it, let's put some Dracula teeth in there and be done with it, some <laughs> fake blood. Well, I even thought of them the springy... Uh, Snakes used to get that fly out as well. Yeah, these are great. I used, I used to have, a, genuinely, I used to have a little catalogue of uh, joke shop stuff that you could send off for, and it was everything from, like I say, a, a snake springing out. That one where you offered someone some Wrigley's chewing gum and it slapped them on the top of the thumb. That's the one, yeah. Like that was that, another that, classic that, that as well. Trap, yeah. <laughs> right, OK, well, we've got a whole little cottage industry of stuff here. Uh, Jay, thanks so much for this. It's great. No problem. Take it easy. Speak soon. See you. Bye-bye. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Can I be honest with you? Uh, there's something about stationary shops that just gets me going. I think there's something genuinely quite sexy about stationary. Would you agree with that? I don't know what it is. Because stationary, uh, when you think about it, is actually quite boring. But it's that element of getting organised. Do you feel like that when you go into a stationary shop? I'm getting organised. I feel like stationary gives you that sense of getting your act together. New beginning, start of a new term, got a new bag, that kind of thing. And if I go into a stationery shop, I can't resist. I don't even know where to begin. Is it, will it be them little plastic boxes to organise stuff, like buttons? I haven't even got a, a surplus of buttons, but you never know. Myriad of different pens, fine liners, sharpies, them big red pens with blue nibs you had at school when you're learning to write. Do you remember those? Or a moleskin notebook that's way too expensive and you're never going to use it because you never got anything to write in it. But I went into Ryman's today and I got myself one of my favourite stationary things of all time. And it's post-it notes. Bear with me on this. Stick with me here. Not just normal post-it notes. Uh, special, super thin post-it notes so you can mark pertinent pages in books. Are you aware of those? Because I'm an incredibly boring man, play a lot of board games. Sometimes you need to flip to a certain page in the rule book. And those post-it notes are brilliant. I am an incredibly rock and roll guy, as you can tell. 
So I just want you to be completely honest with me in this hour of the show. It's a very personal question. But what is your favourite bit of stationery? It says a lot about the kind of person that you are. In many ways, this is psychological profiling using stationery as a medium. Richard says, it's got to be the hole punch. I used to love emptying it and it made a satisfying noise when used. Absolutely right. Rui says he'd go for a ruler, especially that noise you can do if you half hang it off a table uh, like you used to do in school days. And speaking of school days, someone suggested a, a protractor. Now, that's one of them, them things you used to have at GCSE Maths that you'll never use again for the rest of your life. I don't even know what it is, actually. One of those kind of weird metal instruments that Galileo would have used to work out the distance of stars and moons and things like that as well. David from Bexley says, um, those pencil sharpeners that teachers used to have back in the day with sprung-loaded claws that kept the tension of the pencil as you sharpened it by turning a handle. Do you remember that? It was like you were kind of like mincing a sausage meat thing. Do they even have them anymore? I thought that was a standard issue for teachers. Uh, we've got Pete on the line. Pete, what are you saying? Fountain pens. Fountain pens. Tell me about Talk to me about fountain pens. They're beautiful items. It's just lovely. Cross, Waterman, Mont Blanc. There's something quite almost sexual about the way they flow across the okay. paper. Uh, and and um, are you are you thinking fountain pens with uh, the the cartridges that you put in, you load in like you load no, in a no, rifle? No, no, no. no. Got to use proper ink. Wow, so like Samuel Pepys, you're there dipping your 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 ink your pen into the, a big pot of ink kind of thing. Not quite, but yeah. Well, what what ink are you using then? Uh, oh, I've got some Parker Quink, but I've also got some Waterman Waterman Blue Black. All right, it's like fine wine. Uh, and what are you doing with your letters then? You're writing stuff, obviously, in, in beautiful handwriting with a fountain pen. Who who are you writing to? Friends. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm, I was taught to use a fountain pen at school. Now, I love the fact that you, you are corresponding with your friends uh, with, like, you know, like someone might go to uh, a different coast and then send for someone when they've found work or something. You're, you're, you're doing correspondence to people. It's brilliant. Yeah, you're right. That isn't, people love... I don't know about this generation, but people love to receive a handwritten letter or a handwritten note. Well, uh, uh, when, Pete, You know, when you, write, when you write a sympathy card, yeah. you, don't, you don't send an email saying, oh, I'm very sorry your loved one's died. No, you want, a, you want a handwritten calligraphy note of it. No, not quite calligraphy, but, well, if, if, if your handwriting's that good, yeah, perhaps. He's not ruling out calligraphy, folks. Hey, Pete, would you, uh, would you write letters to us here on Home Time in your, in your beautiful handwriting? Uh, my handwriting's dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, could, I, could, I could write you something if you want. What do you want me to write? Just, just anything. Any, the lady dog. Well, just, just how your day's been. Any, anything goes, Pete. All right. All right, then. I wanna, I'll, I'll write it. Can it, can it? <laughs> All right, mate. Well, we look forward to it. All right. Fair enough. Cheers, then. Bye-bye. Tam in Belshill says, Bush, not stationary, but my favourite thing is Velcro repair kits and reusable cable ties, which sounds like uh, a little bit sinister. How long have you been kidnapping for, Tam? <laughs> Rob says, uh, he sent in a photo, that teacher-style clamp-on handle-wound pencil sharpener is still a thing. Looks like a Gatling gun from the American Civil War. Poncho says, I used to dream of being rich enough to own a calcu ruler. You ever heard of a calculator rumor? ruler? He sent in a photo of it, and it's a ruler with a tiny little calculator at the end, straight from the 80s. Uh, what about that? A chance to dream. Uh, we've got Julie on the line now. Julie, what was your favourite bit of stationery from back in the day? Uh, it's the four-colour four pen. Four-colour pen? What do you mean a four-colour pen? Well, depending on which bit you press at the top, it's either black, blue, red or green. OK, have you got a preference of colours out of those four? Depends on winning or you're losing at Yahtzee. 
Oh, wow, so you use the four-in-one pen uh, when you're playing Yahtzee. Yeah, I start off blue. If I win the first round, it's in green the next row. If I lose, it's in red, and I carry on that way until the end. I like that. It's kind of different gradients of success at the game Yahtzee. Yeah, I can sort of tell by looking at it how badly I've lost. Now, I haven't played Yahtzee since I was a kid. Do you play against other people with Yahtzee? Is it like a, a, a casino-y type of game, or is it something you just play on your own? Oh, no, we just have me and my husband, and every now and then I drag him away from the book, and he drags me away from the telly, and we spend an hour and a half playing Yahtzee. What's your, what's your husband's first name, Julie? Simon. <laughs> so, Julie Poor v. Life. Simon at Yahtzee. Who, who's the best at Yahtzee in your house? Uh, it's a game of luck, so it's very difficult to call which way it goes. Some days he's depressed, some days I'm depressed, and some days we're both level. Wow, OK, very changeable in the world of Yahtzee, isn't it? Oh, yeah, five die can really make me miserable. Well, let's hope you have a green evening tonight, Julian. It's lovely to speak to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you too. This is The Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway.